I just caught a shorty off a fence stop. Just on the hoodie, it's a pressure. Way that I've been living, I'm conventional. I'm just trying to make it to the end, you know. Certain things have started getting pissed. Back Judge Podcast recording on a Wednesday morning. Gonna get in before all these Thanksgiving games. Shout out JP Shady. We're doing it for you, baby. Trying to get these pods out uh, earlier in the week. Tommy and Lee, uh, favorite Thanksgiving food? Pumpkin pie. Does that count? Does pumpkin pie count as a Thanksgiving yeah, food? Yeah, it counts. I think that's kind I of a, not count. I think that's kind I of a cheat. Not. It's a dessert. It's a dessert. I mean, desserts. He asked what the food. I dessert mean, is food. I I get it. I get it. You're not wrong, but me personally, I, I'll just go on a little soapbox real quick. Thanksgiving is Tommy. Let me let me just. <laughs> Tommy is Tommy is he's Thanksgiving Ugh. king. I Tommy's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving king. Man. Tommy's been mashing Thanksgiving meals as long as I've been had the luxury of being this. this you better man's believe brother. you better believe that Lee's gonna wake up on Friday trying to get some food in him before we play football. There's not gonna be any leftovers left. There's not gonna be any left. <laughs> Tommy but, loves him some cranberry. Yeah, yeah some cran- of that cranberry for sauce, me, it's, boy. It's everything, man. Cranberries, stuffing. <laughs> Uh, cranberry stuffing, turkey, obviously, mashed potatoes. You just mash all that together. It's just the best. It's the best. It's the best food. Um, they need to make a, ch- a year-long Chipotle-style Thanksgiving uh, kind of place. That's kind of been my. I think you. It would. I think it would tire on you in prob- like a week and a half. You also probably could go to Boston Market every day and get that. You probably. Could. <laughs> I didn't realize that this was such a. Sticking point for the Murray brothers. I love I love Thanksgiving, man. Tommy's a Thanksgiving fiend. Love, uh, love pumpkin pie. Also, is just the delicious, best, man. It's the best. I kind of honestly like to hear that take because a lot of times you hear the oh Thanksgiving food is bad. Really? Yeah. It's nice to see someone out there really excited about it. I see Matt Judon making waves, saying that mac and cheese. He doesn't like mac and cheese. It's disgusting. I mean, I you know I respect that opinion. I, I kind of respect it too. I, we usually don't have mac and cheese at Thanksgiving. We don't. Right? Yeah, so I, I we don't. I used to like the uh, sweet potatoes with marshmallows. Uh, I mean, I love sweet potatoes, but the marshmallows, you know, that can get a little uh, a little gratuitous. You know, and my as time's gone on, you know, my my palate has changed. But uh, when yeah. I was a boy, I used to I used to you know I like those marshmallows. That's for sure. Yeah. Brown them things up a little bit. Mm. Mm. Good fixings. Uh, we're gonna start start the podcast with a little uh, discussion that was happening on on Sunday um, when I was a little upset about the Lions Browns game, um, and uh, we said, "Hey, let's save it for the pot." All right? You know, we're, we're doing the content uh, for for you people. Um, the premise of the the discussion, I guess, Lee is. I uh, I said that the Detroit Lions are underperforming uh, th- this year, and and you kind of disagreed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I get, do you mind if I can just go first? I, no, go I ahead. The I was the one who brought it up, I guess. So I'll I'll just kind of say my piece about it. Um, I mean, I don't. I'm trying not to like use the Browns game as, as too much of a reaction. Um, I watched every single second of the Lions Browns game. It was uh, painful to watch. But I did it. Um, basically, my whole thing is like the fact that this team is winless right now is just like annoying, I guess. And and I think that it shows that they are underperforming. And I think we can have a little maybe Sam Harris, Jordan Peterson truth moment here. I, I don't think either of our expectations for this team 
preseason were too high, right? I mean, I'm not... No. I wasn't saying that this is a team that's going to win six or seven games. Um, I think four so wins I, was real. We, yeah. we kind of agreed around four wins. And so the sense that I have now as their 0-9-1 going into Thanksgiving is that the team is underperforming even the low expectations I had for them. Um, they should have beaten Baltimore and they should have beaten Minnesota. And I think they, you know, you can make an argument that they should have beaten Pittsburgh and I think they should have beaten the Browns, right? I mean, you know, whether or not that equates into four wins is, you know, is where you can discuss. And, and you know, I'm not going to say, oh, they should have won all four games because things happen in the NFL, but they should have won at least one of them. I would say even two. And the, and not to, I guess, argue against something that you haven't even said yet, Lee, but you, you brought it up in the group chat about the Lions being good against the spread this year, which is true. The Lions are six, and I looked it up, they're, they're six and four against the spread this year, and they're in the top eight, they're in the top third of the league against the spread. The other seven teams are Green Bay, Dallas, Arizona, Indianapolis, New England, Tennessee, and Minnesota. So, like, those are good teams. And the Lions are doing well against the spread, yet they're winless. And the worst team against the spread in the league is the Jets, and they have two wins. Um, so I just think in, in that sense that the fact that this team doesn't have a win, I think, is proof that they're underperforming. And then the other part of kind of this argument is that I don't understand at this point what Dan Campbell kind of like brings to the team. Because the Bengals game and the Eagles game, to me, proved that like, they're not going to like play hard every game just because Dan Campbell is the head coach. Like I don't think he's necessarily getting more out of his guys than any other coach in the league. And um and then on top of that, he's made some really bizarre just coaching decisions in general, whether he's being way too aggressive. You know, I I I want to talk about that how he, you know, handled the end of the Cleveland game, but then the last two weeks, he's been calling plays on offense because there's some issue between the organization and Anthony Lynn where they're not seeing eye to eye. And so Dan Campbell all of a sudden is calling plays for the first time in his NFL coaching life. And the there's no change. So he, he decides that I need to take over the offense because something's not going right with play calling that I think needs to be better. And then you come in and so far it's been worse. And I understand that it was in Pittsburgh, in Cleveland. The weather was, like, kind of bad both games. But at the same time, too, it's not like anything markedly different happened with him calling plays. And as I said before, it kind of got worse. And so, and I don't know, there's more, I guess, I want to say. But I just, from that standpoint, I just think they're underperforming. Um, but uh, I'll let you go. I hear what you're saying, and I, I don't want to overemphasize my stance. I don't want to try to say that, oh, Dan Campbell is my I guess my line of argument is like, I think you're putting him under a little bit too much of a microscope. I think you're being a little too critical ten games in. And honestly, I don't this may sound stupid. I don't value wins as much as you do in this experiment that is the first year of the Dan Campbell era. Um, the way I break this down is the Lions have played ten games this year. Um, and in, I would say safely that the Lions performance has disappointed me in three of the 10 games they've played this year. Um, 
And that would be the Bengals game, the Eagles game, and the Bears game. Losing losing by ten points to the Bears um, was a little was a little bit gutting. Um, this is the worst roster in the NFL, bar none. I don't really think there's a very strong argument to be I made. I don't disagree, but I mean, you think it's two wins like less worse than the, than the Jags, Jets, and Texas. I think you're I splitting hairs. I think you're yeah. splitting hairs because a lot of these games are coming down to the Raven. Like, is your is your line of argument really that much different? If Justin Tucker misses the field goal at the end of regulation, but, but then and if but Greg the thing Joseph is, with, that, with, with, with that Ravens, yeah, but with that Ravens game with Dan Campbell, he's calling timeout on fourth and eighteen when the Ravens like have to get up to the line and call a play, and they can't call a timeout. Okay, I understand calling, that. Like, like understand there's like that. coaching, there's coaching malpractice. It's his first going year. We're, we're talking about his third game as a head coach, Adam, against yeah, one know, of the best teams in the NFL. I, I understand, and I'm not saying that the book is like closed on him, and I'm not trying to do that, and I'm not saying he can't learn. But at the same time, there have been like very basic football, and, and I'm not even including the Ravens thing as that one of those. There's just been very basic coaching decisions he's made. That make objectively no sense. I mean, you look at the end of the Browns game. He is it's thirteen to seven, and there's a fourth and one, and he's in in Browns territory, and he kicks a field goal to make it thirteen to ten. Okay, like go play defense, stop the Browns. They do that. They get the ball back. Now it's thirteen to ten. They get a third and fourteen with like th- oh, just over three minutes to go, and he runs a draw play, and it, the the play gets five yards, and then they punt. And so it's like, not only did you not pass the ball on third and 14 to try and get a first down, but you ran a draw play, which has like 0% chance of getting that yardage. And you took like 30 seconds off the clock, which is what the Browns want. And then you never get the ball back. Right. So it's like, there's just like certain things that he does that don't make any sense. The Philly game, when it's fourth and one with 20 seconds left in field goal territory, if you get the first down, you're going to have to kick a field goal on the next play because there's no time left in the half. And he just goes for it. And it's like maybe he's just seeing what his fourth and one offense looks like. I don't know. But I'm struggling to, I guess, I, and I agree with you, Lee, that it's kind of a lost season in terms of wins. Like they're, they were never going to make the playoffs. But where is the line between like criticizing what is actually happening on the field. I'm not I mean, listen, and you're more qualified to make this argument than I am because you've watched more. I didn't wa- I watched Red Zone. I didn't watch the Lions Browns game. And I'm not blaming you for that. I have no I had no <laughs> interest like, in watching the Lions Browns game yeah. and I looked at the box score like anyone else would and thought, "Man, I thought the Browns would win by I thought the Browns would win that game by I thought they'd cover the spread, right? I thought the Steelers would win that game. I thought the Rams were going to boat race the Lions in LA. You know, I thought the Ravens were going to boat race the Lions. I thought, like, I just think the Lions have been a very scrappy team this year. As scrappy as you can be from a winless standpoint. I hate their quarterback. I think they have, the the, the lack of weapons on the outside for this team is like nothing I've ever seen in the NFL. It's horrible. Their best yeah. receiver is Amon Ra St. Brown, who, I'll give him credit, he's having a, a decent rookie year, is not a good NFL receiver yet. He has not proven that he can be a good NFL receiver yet. That's their best option on the outside. I mean, this team is bad, Adam. The defense is bad. Like, Alex Anzalone is 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 playing like 90% of the snaps on defense and is like a leader of the defense. This is a guy who is a, he's an outcast from New Orleans who was cut from the team and Dan Campbell brought in because he was familiar with him. I just think that 
you, you have to be careful when you're putting so much weight on the wins and losses because I'll go back to the point I made, and we can wrap this up, but I know he made the stupid timeout call. Let's say Justin Tucker misses the 60-yard field goal. Let's say Greg Joseph misses the 41-yard field goal or whatever it is. Then the Lions are 2-7-1. Or, or, or are you happier with Dan Campbell? He didn't do anything to control the fact that they missed those field goals or made those field goals. The field goals were going to get kicked regardless. But that's the difference. The difference between winning and losing in the NFL is a matter of such small things. And I think for a team that's in year one of this rebuild, you have to be careful when being overly critical of the win-loss column because I don't necessarily think the Lions would be better off if they were two seven and one right now. Yeah, I, think- I mean, and, and obviously too, like the refs in the Baltimore game with the delay of game that they didn't call that would have pushed yep. them back. Like, there's stuff like that. But it, it at the same time, it's like I don't, I. I'm not like I think the Jets are dealing with that. The Texans are dealing like every team I think ends up dealing with that equally, and it I don't know. It's just disappointing that they don't have a win for me. Yeah, but and, like I would say that I would say that Dan Campbell publicly is being received better than Cully is, who has wins. Urban Meyer is who has wins. Even Robert Sala, who has wins, is get probably garnering more criticism from the media and from the people who are the talking heads in the NFL than Dan Campbell is. I think Dan Campbell, sure, everyone's getting criticism, but as far as like these first-year coaches of these bad teams, I don't think Dan Campbell is standing out whatsoever as someone who clearly doesn't know what he's doing. And I sure as heck don't think he's somebody that you need to be getting rid of after this year. Like the grass no, is much I'm not, greener. I'm not saying, and I'm not saying that. Um, the only thing I would like say to that, Lee, is like I think that's just because the Lions aren't really part of the national conversation. Um I think that maybe the Texans in the same way, but like New York Jets are going to get talked about because of the Jets, and then Urban is doing his own thing. And Urban's obviously not making as good of an impression as Campbell is because he's grinding on twenty-year-olds at bars. But yeah, um, I still don't like the thing is too. But it's just like you go into the season, right? And it's like okay, at least Dan Campbell will get the guys to play hard. Well, that doesn't always happen. Well, he's going to say he's going to be the CEO, and now he's like trying to like take over play calling. And so I th- and then like his decisions, you know, he's like overly aggressive in in the Green Bay game and in in you know even in the Rams game was overly aggressive, and now in the Cleveland game he's just like no aggression at all. And it's there's it doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to me to like what he does. I'm not saying he can't learn. Um, and my last point is, which you're gonna agree with this, is when I was I was getting a little introspective last night when I was having my Woodford, and. Um, I, I think all of this angst and anger I have right now about the Lions stems from Brad Holmes taking mm-hmm. Penny Sewell over Justin Fields. Yeah, like, I, I think that's I think where that's... it's all, all coming from because I look at the team and think, hey, well, if we had Justin Fields right now, they'd still be in line to get Kayvon. You'd have Taylor Decker in place at left tackle. And you'd go into this offseason – by being able to draft an edge player at first overall, you'd have your quarterback of the future. You'd have another first round pick in that draft. You have two first round picks in the next draft. And like you'd legitimately have a chance to be like competing for a wild card spot in 2023. Yeah. And and now you just don't because Goff, I if Holmes brings back Goff, I, I don't know what he's looking at. I mean, Goff can't be in a Lions uniform next season. I don't care what the cap thing is. It, it can't happen. You're not going to run with Tim Boyle. You're not going to run with Blau. Maybe you keep Blau as the, the backup or whatever. 
So you need to make a change at quarterback this offseason. The rookie class isn't looking like that great, or at least right now there's no one that you'd feel comfortable taking with the first overall pick, which at this point, even if the Lions win a game, they're, they're going to still have the first overall pick. I think they're pretty much destined uh, for that first overall pick. So it's just, that's where it's annoying for me because I don't, I think he, I think Holmes set the rebuild back a couple years. And now when he takes a swing on a quarterback, he has to hit. So it's just, that's, that's where all the kind of the animosity I think is, is coming from is that, is that decision. And Sewell's been playing well and it's not, it's not anything against Sewell, but it's like, you don't get credit for drafting Penny Sewell. You're not going to get credit for drafting Kayvon Thibodeau. Like, you're drafting seventh and first overall. Like, Mm -hmm. anybody would make those picks. And then it just goes back to, like, stuff like Okuda or Simmons, where it's just like Isaiah Simmons was the better choice. And these these people who are employed by the Lions for some reason can't make these big decisions that seem very simple to me and, like, a lot of other people. And it's like, I'm not saying – I was talking to Charlie Brown about it. I'll let you talk in a second, Tommy. But I was, like, talking to Charlie Brown about it, and it's like – Neither of us are saying that, like, we could be the GM of the Lions. But there's just been, like, because there's so much more to it than, like, drafting a guy and, and signing a guy or, or whatever. But some of these major, major decisions we've been very against. And, like, we've been right about um, damn near most of them. And it's it, mm-hmm. it's getting annoying. So that's the that's my end of the yeah. Yeah. diatribe. Yeah. I hear you. I was just going to kind of try and put a bow on it. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm not really surprised. I think my main con- my main criticism of the Campbell hire was, well, this, you know, I, I thought they were going to go for a Dable or Joe Brady type, and I'm like, okay, you're getting Dan Campbell, and, you know, maybe this, the, the, the high end of this is the Joe Judge, you know, 2020 Giants season. Um, and and I, I think I said pretty consistently throughout the summer that, I, Dan Campbell's probably going to do a lot of stuff in game that were like, you know, a, a lot of WTF moments in game, but you know, hopefully, the team plays hard for him and everything like that. So, I just, I think it's just kind of tempering your expectations. Like, you know, like when Dan Campbell was hired, what did we think was going to happen? Did we, you know, when we that scenario I talked about of them having kind of a Giants esque year from last year was kind of the high end of of this. Um, of this season and they're not really I mean they've shown glimpses of playing hard and being a scrappy team and obviously you bring up the the record against the spread and everything like that Um, but you know it's like what you know let's not fool ourselves into thinking you know into having these uh, you know delusions of what Dan Campbell was going to bring you know to this team Um, and that's kind of I think why I was initially critical of the hire because I'm like well you don't really have a lot of upside here um, you're just going to have to, this guy's going to have to be a CEO and a, and a big motivator and, and make a uh, chicken salad out of, you know, chicken poop. So I don't know. I still think I brought it up on the last episode when Lee was criticizing Sala. I still think it's a little too early unless you have a Freddie Kitchens type situation. Like I think you need to give these guys some time. And, and this is kind of a conversation I wanted to have because, you know, it's like, we kind of anoint these coaches like Joe Judge last year, Brian Flores, the, the year before, what's that? Stefanski. I still, I mean, I still think Stefanski is a good coach, but you could, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> but seriously, but you can't. But you but can yeah, Stefanski in yeah. there, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Matt Nagy, obviously, you know, Matt Nagy had a lot of momentum behind him after he won coach of the year and they went to the playoffs and all this stuff. There's every year there seems to be, you know, we'll see what happens with, with Staley, who is kind of anointed as a new, really great head, young head coach. And we'll see how that holds up. But you have to give these guys kind of a, a, a nice sample size. I mean, it looks like Joe Judge might get fired after this year, right? I mean, he should not get fired. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, I'm, I'm not really making a comment on whether he should get fired or not, but that seems to be the current temperature is, all right, the Giants need a full rebuild and Gettleman needs to go and Joe Judge needs to go. Um, so I think it's more so kind of like the landscape of coaches and expectations for coaches and, you know, Flor- you know, I think Brian Flores is a great example. Like, I think we all were loving what Miami was, how they were looking, and how Brian Flores, you know, they they went from being kind of a Lions-esque situation, whatever it was two years ago, to being the worst team in football, to kind of, you know, getting however many wins they got to get that to a pick. They got four or five wins with, uh, with that with that really poor roster, and you know, we kind of anointed him as this as this Belichick disciple, and and I think you can kind of you can pluck multiple examples, but. I think you need to give these guys time to really, you know, show what they're doing. And I guess my main point on Dan Campbell and the Lions is, you know, what do we expect? Like, I don't think, I think we all, I don't, I think Klepp and Lee, I mean, maybe, I don't know. We didn't really expect him to come in here and and be really impressive, I, I think, you know. He was a tight ends coach. He's doing everything I expected him to do except winning. Yes. And I expected him to win four games. So I'm not going to like like be disappointed that they're not winning. I don't think this is a sign of long-term. Like, oh, the Lions are going to be a team that plays hard but will never win. Like, you have to get the piece. You have to get the team in order before you can really win these games. I think that they're in positions to win games that they simply can't win because they don't have the personnel to be winning those games. And granted, maybe that's not the case every single time. I just want to make it clear that I'm not like some Dan Campbell believer where everything's going great. Like this is an experiment. This is this is a rebuild. We'll see how it goes. I'm just not going to judge him too hard in year one. I mean, this is a Lions organization that offered Matt Campbell like ninety million dollars to be the coach. This is a guy who is like a, a college coach, clearly, and like that would have been another like the Lions organization is terribly run. They make terrible decisions all the time. So, Klepp, as a lifelong Lions fan, I understand where this is coming from. I, I think yeah. you have the right to be critical of Dan Campbell for being a boneheaded coach in situations when you're watching the game. But at the same time, I do think that it's in Lions fans' best interest to give him kind of the benefit of the doubt at least year one and see how this rolls out. And then if everything goes the way that it probably will go, which is things not going right, then it's he's fired after next year and you know it's it's on to the next and, one and that's just another thing that you're going to have to deal with I, but i agree from a field standpoint you know that i agree from a home standpoint you know that i don't think we disagree on much i just don't want to be overly critical of campbell in year 1 because i don't think he has that much to work with and i don't think he's embarrassing himself with what he has to work with i think that he's kind of meeting my expectations you know and there's some things that i would like to be fine tuned or to be better but of, of these, all these year one coaches, I think he's, you know, I don't think Arthur Smith is doing any better than he is. I don't think uh, Cully or Meyer or Sala or, you know, sure, sure, you can make your arguments for Staley and like he has done, done impeccably well as a coach at certain points. But at the same time, the Chargers defense is a disaster right now too. And like some of that blame has to go on him as well. They're not necessarily world beaters in the AFC like everyone thought they would be. He inherited a much better roster than Campbell did too. So... 
I think that there's certain arguments to be made either way, and uh, I think I think that we should kind of we should, we should pin this on the wall and maybe come back to it uh, at yeah, season's and, end. Yeah, and perhaps. I think I would wrap up by just saying, like, think about what we just talked about. You know, we we all collectively, I think we I can say that we all collectively were kind of shocked by the hire of Dan Campbell. Like that came out of left field. It was not who. Either of us yeah. wanted. No other team would have hired yeah. him. It's it's none like no. I think it goes back to the main point is like the Lions' decision making. And now I feel like Klepp, you um, and I think all of us are victim to this. And you know, you kind of you you manage expectations. Like Campbell gets hired. Okay, I didn't want that, but now it's like we're living in a world where Campbell's the coach. Okay, they drafted Penny Sewell over Justin Fields. We all didn't want that. We thought Field. We were saying Field should have been the pick since as soon as it happened, and. Now we're just living with the repercussions of those actions. And, you know, I think it's just kind of, I think Lee's right. We have to like pin it up. But ultimately, we're dealing with a coach that, like, kind of goes back to your conversation with Charlie Brown, Adam. I'm not, we all don't think that we could be NFL GMs. But when it comes down to the decisions that we think we would make, you know, from the armchair GM uh, position, we would have gone differently. And now we're just dealing with the repercussions of actions that we all kind of disagreed with. So. It's kind of managing expectations. Yeah. Just well, let's uh, just pray that Brian Dable doesn't get hired to Chicago. Oh, that's, wouldn't dude, that be I, something, Clem? It'll probably happen, yeah. bro. It'll probably happen. Like, um, and we can. Well, my last point before we roll into the Lions Bears preview, baby. Week uh, week eleven or week twelve? Week twelve. 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 Week twelve football Thanksgiving week. week. Um. You know, how much can you lose and still have a winning culture? That's what I'll leave you boys mm. with. I think it's an important question. Because I think how many years Campbell, does it take to build a winning culture too? Cam- Campbell is a culture hire. You know? I think I think with, with Patricia, the culture in the building was bad. I think, you know, I think the Lions do have a, a good culture, I guess. They're build they're starting yeah. to build a good culture. These things take time. But what if they I mean, there's a chance this team could go like one in thirty three over the next two years? Like, if they don't figure out the quarterback thing, like, if they don't get, like, competent quarterback play next year. Uh, yeah. I mean, that'd be I, I guess I, that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't like I don't like, like you're in Hugh Jackson like territory. Like, you're in Hugh Jackson territory. I think you're thinking too far down the road right now. This is too much of a projection. Well, I, I mean, I, they're, they're not going to be in the, the Rodgers-Wilson, you know, Watson sweepstakes. I mean, none of those guys are coming to Detroit. No, they won't, also but I don't think that upgrading at quarterback sign, is like, necessarily going to be hard for them. I don't think upgrading is going to be necessarily hard for no, them. Of course it's not going to be hard, but how big of an upgrade is it going to be? Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I I also I also kind of want to temper uh, just like there seems to be narratives going around now that this quarterback class is like not good. And I, it very well could be the case, but I still think it's very early in the process. And there's going to be – I will be shocked by when, the time we get to – The Lions the, will not be taking a quarterback number I know one. they won't, but – So but then do they – you think about trading back well, I, for a team that no, wants to come up to get Kayvon? No, take Thibodeau. I'm just yeah. – Take I'm Thibodeau. Just, I'm just saying that there's going to be a lot more noise when we get to draft season. And quarterback – That's for quarterback sure value, true. It That's will true. always yep. gets inflated. And we've seen it already. Like it went from – Rattler to Malik Willis to you know Kenny Pickett now and, and all these different guys are getting their their weakest shine as the potential number one you know number one quarterback so it's it that all is going to get sorted out and it's going to be a lot noisier and there's always there's always an economy for quarterbacks teams are always going to need quarterbacks and teams are going to draft the quarterbacks that we have all you know 
the ones that I just named in the first round, you know, there's going to be surprises. Uh, you know, it's just it's just bound to happen. So, um, let's roll into this uh, this game preview because Bears an interesting spot. Looking like Nagy might not be the coach uh, after this game in Detroit, which is uh, something I've been talking about for a while. I don't know if it's totally confirmed or not. The source was kind of weird on that. Um, who knows? I don't apparently, Nate. Apparently, Nate, you don't believe it. No. I think it'd be kind of. It's kind of strange, isn't it? I, like, doesn't make any sense. I saw sense. a rumor that Nagy, uh, like that came from Nagy's camp to try and like lessen the, uh, to ease the fall or whatever, like the easy inevitable. What? The? Yeah. Nagy's camp is playing three D, four D chess. <laughs> I think Hutton's on that. That team. yeah, they got. <laughs> Hutton must be in Camp Nagy. Hutton and Connor, the brainchild yeah. in Camp Nagy. <laughs> Trying to run his PR. Um, at Ford Field, Lions plus three. Uh, Danny Dalton looks like he's going to be starting in place of Justin Fields. Uh, the Bears pretty much tore up the Lions in their first appearance, especially uh, in the ground game. Uh, I think the Lions defense will have a little bit more fight in this one being at home. Lions defense has kind of played well over the last two weeks. Obviously, again, it was it was bad conditions, but uh, and and Mason Rudolph. But hey, there's there's not a lot of names there, and, and there's been some good uh, some good things that I've seen from from them. I think uh, I think the Bears win. Give me the Lions. Give me oh. the Lions at home in this game. I think Andy Dalton probably makes the Bears better than Fields on aggregate. Uh, but I still don't think the Bears are a good football team. Their offensive line is terrible. Allen Robinson has been has been castrated as a football player. I kind of feel bad for him. I just don't really know what's going on there. It seems like Mooney is like their best option at receiver. They still are very slim in terms of talent on the outside. I think they'll be able to run the football a little bit, but it's at Ford Field. I think the Lions are looking down the pike a little bit, and they know that this is probably one of their better chances of winning. This is a team that doesn't want to go winless. They fought really hard in their last two games. Um, I wouldn't advise anyone to, to bet on the Lions, but I will be making a wager on the Lions just because it's Thanksgiving and I think they have a chance to win, and I'm going to be rooting for them. So it's a little bit of a uh, it's a little bit of a of a macho man bet. Um, but yeah, I like the Lions here, man. I think the Bears' season is just as over as the Lions' season is. So um, I think these are going to be two kind of you know deflated teams playing, and I think the Lions uh, going to win this one for the for the home fans. Yeah, I like the I like the Bears here. Uh, you brought up the offensive line. Um, I do agree that I think in this spot Dalton is probably a, a slight upgrade over Fields, um, and the Lions don't have a pass rush, so I just don't really know how much I, I kind of feel like the bad offensive line and the and the and the bad pass rush kind of cancel each other out, and then um, ultimately I just think the Bears are going to have the better quarterback. Um, Make you know whatever you want to make of these naggy rumors. I think it. I'd like to think it galvanizes the team. I don't think the team is gonna, um, you know, like show up completely dead and quit. Um, and you know, I didn't really watch too much of that Bears Ravens game, but it seemed like once Fields went out, um, and they had a little bit more of an experienced veteran quarterback under center and Dalton, they seemed to muster up a little bit of offense. Um, yeah, I, I think the Bears. I'm not gonna be betting on the Bears, but uh, I will be picking them uh, in our pick 'em. Minus three. Uh, I just think they have a little bit higher of a floor right now. And the Lions very well. If they, This could be a really nice emotional spot. I kind of see where you're coming from, Lee, um, for them to get their first win um, against a, a pretty poor opponent. But 
when I just like match up the teams, I think uh, the Bears on the short week. You got Dan Campbell, first year head coach, uh, doing the Thursday night football. You know, doing the Sunday, the Thursday on a short week. Um, I think the Bears are the safer side. Um, let me get. On, I'll get on my my soapbox for one last time on, on this podcast. But um, a lot of people, a lot of rumblings out there about people saying take the, take Thanksgiving away from the Lions. Shut up. Yeah, All right. I agree. I'm not gonna. I don't want to hear tradition. it. The team's bad. The Lions started football on Thanksgiving, and it would it would be a darn shame if the NFL ever considered taking it away from him. And I don't think they will. Um, there were rumors back in the day that the only reason they, they kept letting the Lions go on Thanksgiving was because of uh, William Clay Ford and how everyone thought he was such a nice guy. Uh, and then Stafford came along and they had some intrigue, but it seems like we're back uh, to those early 2000s days. But uh, don't take the Lions off of Thanksgiving. That's all we have. Um, Raiders going to Dallas. Raiders are, are sliding. Uh, they've lost their last three games. Seems like everything that has kind of happened to that organization this year is catching up to them. Dallas, also two of the last three weeks, uh, offensive implosions. Um, and then looking at Noah Amari Cooper, you're looking at maybe CeeDee Lamb for, for this one. Seven and a half is kind of a lot of points for, for how Dallas has looked two of the last three weeks. I think they win, but I'm not interested in, in taking them minus seven and a hook there. Yeah, the Raiders are driving with four flat tires. They're not going to win more than two games the rest of the year. Their season's over. Um, Dallas is going to win and cover in this game, I think. Even injured, I think Dallas is a good enough team. They played really bad last week in Kansas City. Um, They're coming back home. It's a primetime game. I think Michael Gallup is going to have a big game. I think that they can still produce without CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper on offense against this Raiders defense. Um, I don't know what the status is on Zeke, but he should be able to... to don't play Zeke. To, they don't uh, even need to play him. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I, I'm, I don't care. I think Zeke or Pollard or whatever, whoever's running the ball, they're going to be able to have a fairly good day against the Raiders' defense. But most notably about this game, I think the Cowboys' defense is going to eat this Raiders' offense alive. I mean, the Raiders have really no weapons outside of Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Um, I think Brian Edwards' clef has been a massive disappointment. Yeah, I allow been. myself to say that. I mean, yeah. he's shot. He showed some serious talent sometimes, but there's just no consistency. I, he's not getting targeted some games. I just don't get it. And then they have not been able to run the ball one lick. Uh, their offensive line has been really disappointing. So I think that the Cowboys are the right side in this, and I really do think that this is a pretty good tease spot if you can get the Cowboys down from 7.5 um, to 1.5 because I really don't think that – the Raiders are going to have a shot at winning this game. Um, I think this Raiders team, man, was that game depressing last week at home against the Bengals. I mean, they basically just laid that was out a game two where, where both of those teams like needed to win it. They they both needed to win. When the Raiders, the Bengals didn't even play that good of a yeah. game. The Raiders just laid out the carpet for them and said, "Here, come come into Vegas and take this W." Um, so yeah, I, I like the Cowboys a lot. Um, I, I would lay the seven with the Cowboys. Don't know if it's going to be an official play of mine, but it's, that's definitely where I'm leaning. Yeah, I've already teased the Cowboys, Lee, so I'm happy that we're uh, we're on the we're on that same track. I think it's a great spot. Um, yeah, whether I, I Amari definitely is not going to go. I don't even think you need to play CD and Zeke. Like, give the guys, give them the week off. Um, it's a short week. I don't think there's any reason to rush them back. Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson, and Tony Pollard. I think. Can can do the job. 
Um, I think we saw the Bengals team. I mean, what did Mixon have? 130 yards on the ground. I think this is not mm-hmm. this Cowboys with their offensive line and their running game. You know, they could put me back there and I could get 60 yards. You know, like I, they they're going to be moving. They're going to the the Cowboys offensive line is going to be moving people. And I've heard some arguments from some smart people on an under here, which I like. Uh, I kind of think that's a good. I'm not going to touch it because I'm not a totals guy. We're going to have to revert there to Klepp. But if the Cowboys are going to be running the ball. Um, and trying to, you know, just you're you're not a totals guy. I haven't been a totals guy this year. Since when? Since when are you? I'm the not totals guy. You 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 just you got hammered so hard this year. You decided that you're no longer. A totals <laughs> I haven't. Guy. I've yet. I outside of the Jets week one game, I've yet to do a total. I since the Jets Panthers week <laughs> that one. Was the, that was that, that was that was my last total. Homicide by Jets Panthers yeah. total. That was the end. You got, you got killed that. Day. I forgot. I forgot about that. That easy that over was, that was gonna. Happened to the Jets Panthers game, dude. That feels like two it seasons ago. It was gonna be ago. recess in Carolina. It was gonna be score <laughs> it, it for was, score, man. It was. Um, yeah, Cowboys really disappointing last week, man. Um, I obviously was holding a money line ticket, and the Chiefs didn't even play particularly well. Their defense played up. Chris Jones was a game wrecker, but the Cowboys. I mean, and uh, this is kind of what I've been talking about with the Cowboys in elite games when they're playing elite teams. Obviously, I bet the Cowboys, and that's gonna, I'm going to sound like a hypocrite right here, but you know, Matt, Mike McCarthy in big games, them going up against really good teams, I think this is kind of an interesting kind of narrative to follow when they get into the playoffs and when they start playing you know, the Packers of the world, the Rams of the world, the, the, the Bucks of the world, whomever, whomever they're going to be facing in the playoffs. That, you know, that, that was not encouraging, the fact that if you were to tell me pregame that the Chiefs were going to score 19 points, I mean, I would have felt great about my my cow, my Cowboys uh, money line. Uh, they only got, they only were able to muster up nine points. Um, obviously, you know, missing Coop is is a, is a hit, but you know, I think. But this is again, I think Lee's completely right about the Raiders. They're driving with four flat tires. This is a perfect bounce back spot for the Cowboys. Um, seven and a half. You know, if the Raiders were live, is is probably too much, but in this spot. Um, I think the Cowboys are a great tease leg, and, and they're probably the right side on the spread as well. Bills going to New Orleans. Interesting uh, Thanksgiving night game here. Bills, man, I mean, bad Josh Allen is back. Um, losing at home, especially the way they did by the Colts. Colts kind of looked like the team, you know, Buffalo should be, right? Playing in playing in the outdoor environment, ground and pound with, with Taylor. The Colts are super impressive and. You know, Josh Allen, man, kind of, as we've said before, it goes as he goes. And he's he's not playing um, nearly as well as he did last year. Um, and uh, it's been it's been bad for, for their offense. They can't really run the ball too, too effectively. Um, going to the Saints, indoor game. Honestly, it's kind of funny. I'm thinking, hey, maybe this will be better for the Bills because now they're, they're playing in a dome. But, uh, you know, that place will be rocking as well, as it always is. I don't have a, a great feel for this one. I think ultimately the Saints have Trevor Simeon, so I'm inclined to, to say, hey, take Buffalo in the minus five and a half. But they've uh, they've looked bad like two of the last three weeks, the same as the Cowboys. I love the Saints here, guys. I hmm. love the Saints. I think the Bills are in a free fall right now. I think that they'll figure it out and end up making the playoffs. But I think on a short week off that loss on the road now in a primetime game in the Superdome, I think we're going to be seeing Taysom Hill, which – doesn't sound that exciting um, on its own, but when you replace Trevor Simeon with Taysom Hill, I do believe that's an upgrade. I don't think Buffalo's defense will necessarily be prepared for Taysom Hill. 
Um, there's not a lot of film on him this year. I think I know, you know, we pretty much know what he can do, but I do think that there was going to be a certain level of energy that's brought to the New Orleans offense bringing him in. I think Sean Payton knows that the Saints need to start winning games if they want to have be in the conversation for that seventh wild card spot. I think the crowd is going to be rocking. Um, I like getting the points here with New Orleans, man. I do not think Buffalo deserves the respect to be laying nearly a touchdown on the road in New Orleans. And New Orleans team that, granted, I mean, they are sliding, but at the same time, this is not a bad football team in New Orleans. They have a pretty good defense. Um, I think they're going to be able to have answers for what Josh Allen's doing. And, and I think that there's a decent chance Josh Allen plays a mediocre to bad game because that's kind of what he's been doing the past few weeks. If he does, the Bills have no chance of winning this game. If the Bills are turning the ball over, they're going to lose this football game. So give me the Saints and the points, and I'll take a shot on the Saints' money line at like 2-1. to one. Um, I think the Saints in this spot at home uh, are, are the right side, man. I, I just don't think Buffalo necessarily warrants the respect to be, to be laying this many points uh, in a primetime game in New Orleans. Yeah, like, I think you make some nice points there, but I think this is a great buy-low spot on the Bills, actually. Um, I think you can make a lot of the things, same things you said about the Saints. You could say the same exact thing about the Bills. I mean, all of a sudden, the Patriots are the hottest team in the NFL and are right on their back to win this division. On a short week with a, a really good coach on, on their side as well, with an equally good defense, I think um, you know both these teams are coming off blowout losses. I don't really think you can expect... Um, I, and I, you know, I'm not saying, uh, I'm, I'm just saying, I don't think you can expect the bills to have kind of a repeat performance like they did against Indianapolis. Um, I think they're going to on the short week, obviously they're going down to new Orleans. It's going to be a raucous environment, but ultimately I think this is going to come down to, you got two good defenses on both sides of the ball and then it's going to come down to the offense. And while I think that Sean Payton can garner some offensive production out of his, uh, his team also is Kamara going, I don't, is, I that's a yeah. That's I an think interesting. I, I would not touch this line, Lee, if I were you. If Alvin Wintel, you know about Alvin Kamara's status. I know that Mark Ingram also is on the injury report right now too. So they they have a little bit of a cluster injury at running back, and ultimately, I'm just after that game in Philly last week where I I almost you know laid it with the Saints, and I guess we'll get into Philly later. Um, I just think the Saints team is, you know, I think this defense is. I don't want to say they've given up, but they're. They played. They played really great for the start of the year, and I think they're just they're just kind of fatigued. They're just a, a fatigued defense, a really good defense that is on a kind of a, a team that's going in the wrong direction. Um, dare I say? And I, I like the Bills here. They're the second leg of my teaser. I did a Thanksgiving teaser with the Cowboys and the Bills um, down to the Bills plus a half, so pretty much the Bills money line. Um, I like the Bills in this spot. I think uh, you know I don't know about the five and a half. It it, it is kind of. A lot, but ultimately, I, I probably would lay the five and a half with the Bills just because I think they got uh, a lot more offensive upside. Steelers playing the Bengals. This game has a major AFC North implications. Uh, I'd say probably more for the Bengals than the, than the Steelers. Steelers fought back heroically against the Chargers, but then came up short on Sunday Night Football. Again, we already talked about the Bengals beating the Raiders. Bengals minus four and a half at home at Paul Brown Stadium. Um, I don't know, man. I just don't like the Bengals that much. Still, <laughs> I don't know. They're 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 one win away though from from I think beating their Vegas total. Yep. Thank you for the reminder. Um, I got. I would have been all over that with you. I just didn't bet it. <laughs> Not taking credit. I got tricked on this game uh, earlier in the year. It was my Tomlin has never lost the home game oh, yeah. off the home loss bet. 
and I was humbled. I was humbled by that. But gosh darn it, I'm going right back to the well here. This is this is going to be a play. I've I've already made it. Take the four and a half points with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think if they lose, they lose close. It's going to be cold in Cincinnati. I think the Bengals have regressed a little bit since their first matchup, and the Steelers have gotten better. Uh, the Steelers are coming off a game they had no business even being in, but ended up losing in the fourth quarter to the Chargers. Um, I think a lot of this outcome is going to depend on the health status of Minka Fitzpatrick and J.J. Watt who have been out. Uh, Joe Hayden's also been out. So monitoring that is going to be important, but I got a little ignorant and made the play anyway, because I just have a hard time seeing Cincinnati uh, run away with this game. And, you know, I guess I'll just take that loss if Cincinnati wins by six or seven points. Um, I think the Steelers are going to have a good chance of winning this game. Ultimately, I just think it'll be a close game in the fourth quarter. Um, I think these are going to, these are going to be two teams that are kind of beating the, beating the heck out of each other for the whole game. And I think it'll be close in the fourth quarter. And, um, I think it's almost just a consolation prize if, if Watt and Fitzpatrick are playing because I think this line is going to get a lot closer to three if that's the case. So jump on it now. If uh, I don't really know what the status of those guys is, but I really don't. I just don't. Maybe it's just my uh, – maybe it's just the traditional side of my football brain saying there's no way the Bengals are going to beat the Steelers twice uh, in one season. Maybe there's a little bit of that playing into it. Um, but I think that the Steelers, the Steelers team is actually a little bit better than I thought um, after, after I punted on them. Uh, you know, when they lost this game earlier in the year. So I'm coming back to the well with, with the Pittsburgh Steelers responsibly here. And I'm going to I'm gonna take a shot on them, plus 180 on the money line and uh, four and a half on the road. Yeah, um, I tend to agree with Lee here. Um, I wouldn't touch this until you hear about the status of, of TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, Was I saying yeah, JJ? Um, oh, my bad. Um, yeah. Another uh, another guy that uh, we know Teo would have picked. Yeah, great point. Um, and also, you know, we've seen the Bengals. Uh, I mean, Jamar Chase has kind of uh, been uh, neutralized a little bit uh, in in the past weeks. It seems like teams are just kind of just their their game plan uh, defensively against the Bengals is like let's take away Jamar Chase in the deep shot as much as we can, and let's make Tyler Boyd and, and T Higgins beat us. And you know, I got to give it to the Steelers, man. I think they. They had no business, like Lee said, kind of staying around in that Chargers game, but it just is a, it speaks volumes about Mike Tomlin and what he's able to do with kind of a, a scrubs defense, dare I say, without Fitzpatrick and, and Watt. Those guys are both practicing, F- FYI, guys. Yeah, they're, they're probably both going to play. I think, I think Lee, I, yeah. I tend to agree with Lee here. I think uh, the Steelers are, are probably the even without them, they're, they're, it's probably a slight lean to the side. I probably would make this like Bengals mm-hmm. minus three. Um, and, and with them, I think, you know, the Steelers have a clear advantage on, um, on, on defense and, and the Steelers offense has been, you know, fine. The, the offensive line that I was really concerned about has been pretty solid throughout the year. And Najee Harris is the volume King. He's going to rush the ball 20 yards for 20 times for 80 yards, you know, and get 10 catches. And, you know, there's going to be a healthy dose of uh, Chase Claypool, and they're, they're going to stick around in this game. I have a hard time seeing the Bengals being able to emphatically, you know, put this team away. So uh, I, yeah. I agree with Lee here. Ebron out for the year, too. Fryer Muth really? just stepping into that role, assuming form. Yep. First, first future cash for Tommy. There we go, baby. What's that? Ebron under 500 receiving yards. Yeah, no, he's out for the year. He, like, hurt his knee or something last hey, game. We, so we never like to see injuries. That was in a cash without him getting injured, but... 
Ebron came out the womb with a knee injury. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, look who's playing this week. The Jets and Texans. Um, Zach Wilson's going to start, just like we wanted, boys, yeah, because of a COVID outbreak. So, you know, don't ask how the sausage was made. No. Yeah. I'll um, be uh, Disgusting matchup. Yeah, really gross. Um yeah, I guess I'll take the reins here. I mean, I, I really want nothing to do with this game. I want to watch and see see my boy Willie put some stats up. Um, yeah, the Texans probably – I mean, the Jets, man. Jets' defense looks Jets bad. Jets' defense looks really bad. They're not really playing hard for Sala. Um, you know, maybe they see the Texans as a, as a beatable opponent. Um, and, you know, they, they play up here. And maybe Wilson could get some – uh, some bring some energy to the team in, in a dome and down in Houston, going up against a, a very beatable defense. Uh, and, and the same could be said with the Texans and, and Tarod. Good for them beating the Titans last week. That was awesome. That was just it was bound to happen. Um, Titans are still frauds. So yeah, I, I don't really know what to say here. I'll, I'll probably uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like I got to just got to take the Jets here. Like this team should probably just be a pick 'em, right? I mean. Are the Texans really three points better than the Jets right now? I don't know. I think with Terod they are. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Wouldn't be shocked either way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Wilson probably gives the Jets a better chance to win than like Mike White. Um, it's probably a little bit of variance there. I don't know. Flacco actually looked pretty good. I had the I had a Dolphins minus four ticket last or this past weekend, and Flacco kind of scared me a little bit. He actually, outside of taking some bad sacks and uh, fumbling. Elijah Moore was eating out there. He looked pretty good. Yeah, well, no, I mean, the Jets. uh, They've got the weapons there. players are starting to. Elijah, Michael Carter, unfortunately, is out for a couple weeks, but they got Ty Johnson. Yeah. The the, the Jets, yeah. I mean, I don't know. This is kind of a game I wish I could, like, I could edit my red zone to have it not show me stuff so I could see. I'd rather see. The Steelers and Bengals at midfield, then you know Zach Wilson in the red zone down fourteen to three. I don't. I could care less. Um, yeah, no real opinion on this game. I'll be picking the Texans probably in our pick'em group just because I like to fade the Jets and I think Zach Wilson is going to make mistakes. Um, but other than that, that's just kind of where I'm at. Bucks at the Colts, man. This is a this is a heck of an early window game here. Um, right up there with with Titans Patriots for for me for best you know best early window game. Uh, maybe you know, maybe best game of the week. Yep. I don't know. Rams Packers is pretty good. I just want to say real quick, a lot of good matchups. This Colts team, man, has won six of their last eight games, and their two losses. I don't know if you guys remember this. One of which is to that Baltimore game, where yeah. I think it was Monday yeah. night, where Baltimore came back in the fourth quarter. Down, it was like two blanket ship missed field goals, and they lost in overtime to the Ravens. And then the other one was the. Titans game where the Colts went completely. That was like the last terrible Wentz game. And since then, he's actually played pretty well. Um, this Colts team, I mean, not too dissimilar from what the Patriots are doing. Kind of finding their formula as the season has gone on and throwing September out the window and really kind of refocusing and now really looking like um, they sure as heck are going to be a playoff team. Um, but anyway, Clep, you can take it away. I you know I I don't have too much. I mean, you've been the Colts guy all year. I have pretty much. Um, not not and, a spot I really want to back them in this this weekend against the Buccaneers. Yeah, uh, I think it's a I think soil. it's a tough sled. It's gonna be tough sledding. Yeah. I mean, the Bucks got kind of back on their feet last week against the the lowly Giants. 
Colts, though, are, I mean, the Colts, they're one of the hotter teams in the league right now. I think this yeah. is a, this no, is a yeah. really awesome matchup. Maybe potential Super Bowl preview. Hmm. <laughs> Could be. I mean, Clep, how much FOMO am I going to have if the Colts make the Super Bowl? And you told me that she was the girl in the corner. Yeah, she was the girl at the she was the girl at the dance in the corner that I and if I didn't talk to her and then she's a supermodel and then I I, I completely missed out. Oh goodness! At least it's not. At least I didn't pick the Browns. I'll I'll just oh, say that. Oh my god! I um, forgot about that too. That's funny. Uh, this is a game I don't want any part of. I probably lean yeah. Buccaneers, but uh, don't want to bet against the Colts right back now. Sit back and watch. Sit back and watch. How do you think? I mean, how, Tom, Tommy, how do you think Jonathan Taylor does against the Bucks run defense? I was just about to say, man, I love the Bucks here. I think this is a great Buck spot. I think it's a great. You're such a front runner. I am. Man. I am. But also, this. I think Klepp, <laughs> Klepp brings up the greatest point. The the Bucks run defense is no joke, man. They are legit. And once the Colts are not able to run the football, and you put this game in Carson Wentz's hands, and you have the Colts who are a majority zone defense going up against Tom Brady, who literally eats zone de- uh, defenses for breakfast. I just think this is a really no. It's not, Tom Brady's better against man. Whatever. He's he's good, man. He's good against he's good against either. All right. I think this is just a really bad matchup for the Colts. The Colts are a good team. They're a well-coached, good team. With they is Quentin Nelson done for the year? By the way, I don't know. I, I just caught he got injured I'll in that it. Buffalo game, and it looked did not look good. But um, yeah, I that's our producer. I really like the Bucks here. Um, I will be. I will. I would have loved to got the two and a half, but I'll probably lay the three. He's day to day. Day to day. Okay. We're good. It looked We're bad, um, but that's good to hear that he's uh, he's healthy. But and that dude, if that dude broke his ankle, he'd be. He'd yeah, be that's that's so. a good point. He'd be, yeah, he'd be dated. Yeah, I just think that you know Jonathan Taylor. He's no Ebron. <laughs> Jonathan no Ebron. Jo- Jonathan Taylor. I I have to eat crow on Jonathan Taylor. I you know I was I was wrong on that evaluation. I'll uh, I'll have a serving uh, of that Klepp too. and I were both wrong on that evaluation of Jonathan Taylor. But that being said. Um, once the Colts are not able, I think the Bucks are going to stop the run. That's going to be their main priority, and it's going to come down to you know Wentz versus Brady. And I think the Bucks and their offensive weapons are going to decimate this Colts secondary in their defense. Um, I just I think this is a really really good matchup for the Bucks. Just when you when you put down the personnel, and if the Colts are able to, if if Taylor's able to run the ball, and and I'm I'm wrong here, and I'm I got the wrong handicap, then I'll happily. I'll happily give up the ghost, but uh, I think I think this is a great spot for the Bucks, and this is probably my favorite play of the week is Bucks minus three or two and a half if I can get it. I think the Colts are going to be able to run the ball. I think the Colts can run be. the ball on anybody. They better be in the NFL. I think they can. I it's think a great test run, for them. I think their their running attack just trumps any defense, any run defense. I think we're going to see on Sunday, but I just think. I don't think that they're going to be able to run all over the Buccaneers, but I think they'll be able to run comfortably enough to where this is a tie game in the fourth quarter, one possession. You know, I don't think the Buccaneers are going to run away with this thing. And God willing, I mean, if the Colts can force some turnovers, um, they're going to win the game. You know, but but I, I don't know. I just am not – I'm not overly confident in either side. I'm interested that you're so on the Bucks here. Well, because I, um, I think that the Colts are going to have to successfully run the ball on pretty much every drive. To keep this game, uh, to like to to that game state that you were talking about, I think they're going to have to like successfully run the ball, and I just think the Bucks are the best run defense in the league, probably. Vita Vea, the linebackers that they have, uh, Vea's hurt. He's, gonna, he's playing though. He's playing. Quentin Nelson's playing. Okay. Vita Vea's playing. I mean, and all. Yeah, no, it should and be. And ultimately, be a good like, game. Wentz has played well, but 
there is a Carson Wentz regression game coming, and I think it's probably obviously this Bucks secondary is beatable, but we've seen Wentz make some pretty brutal decisions, and I still think that there's good personnel in the secondary and on this defense, and I think this is just a really I think this is a really good matchup for the Bucks, and then offensively. I think that Brady's going to be able to get what he wants, like just the offensive weapons going up against that secondary. And it's also in a dome. <laughs> it's in a dome. Tommy, too. what's your record betting on the Buccaneers this year? I don't think I've – I'm thinking I'm 0-1. I mean, if you, including teasers, I'm 0-2. I think the only time I bet on the Bucs okay. was against the Rams. If I'm, I could be missing one. Um, Saints. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So I'm 0 and 3, dude. I haven't won a bet on the on the Bucks. I'm actually I'm 0 2 <laughs> yeah, and 1. I'm 0 2 and 1. Yeah. Um, another disgusting game. We don't have to spend too much time here. Uh, Lee's Falcons under ticket has life after they've scored three points in the last two weeks. <laughs> Go uh, Jags, baby! This is big. This is big for the ticket. The Jags also are horrible on offense, man. I mean, they're god awful. Inexcusably bad. Yeah, like uh, it's just um, come on, Bevel. Get it together, man. Dark horse. Um, yeah, no uh, no interest in, in betting on this game. If I did, I'd probably go chalk and just take the Falcons minus one. I want to bet. I want to ask DraftKings, here's what I want to bet. Young Hoo makes a kick to win the game as time expires. That's my bet. That's my bet. That's you what probably I think get like plus a thousand game. or something on that, right? Yeah, that, that's what I think is going to happen in this game. It'll be tied. It'll be it'll be uh, the Jaguars will be up uh, twenty to or twenty one to twenty, and Young Hoo is gonna kick a field goal and the Falcons are gonna win twenty three twenty one. That's my guess. Yeah, you'd be close to the the over under there. I think uh, you know I made this Atlanta minus two and a half when I was doing my line, so I got a little value on Atlanta side. Um, but yeah, they've been they've been god awful. Um, the Jags defense, I guess, has some life, and yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence has not been playing well. The offense has not been playing well. Um, I think Atlanta uh, coming off multiple disappointing. Lavisca just doesn't. What is, what's the deal? Urban Meyer is a boo. <laughs> I, I don't like. They're off. I just don't get. Lions should he, maybe make a Lions should trade for Lavisca, man. Lavisca La, actually kind of had a good game last week against the 49ers. He had like. A, he had like fifty yards, five receptions. I don't. I have no idea. I think they're trying to play him on the outside, which is just like not really what he does, um, because they don't really have. I don't know. I just don't think they're utilizing him properly. And um, there's got to be some type of internal problems too, because he's just simply not seeing the ball enough. He wouldn't be seeing the ball enough if it was a regular offense. Granted, this is like the worst offense. You know, outside of Detroit and maybe a couple other ones, like he should be seeing the ball way. It should be him and James Robinson, him and James Robinson. I don't know why he's not seeing the ball more, but we'll uh, we'll see how that all kind of unfolds here. Um, anyway, can we move on? Yeah. Um, Panthers at Dolphins, another kind of snoozer, uh, but Cam Cam back with the Panthers gives him a little intrigue. I like the Panthers minus two. I like the Dolphins here. Let's keep it going. Keep the Dolphins train going. I faded the Panthers last week, and I was I, it was successful. I, I've liked the Dolphins the past couple weeks. I think the Dolphins are starting to figure some stuff out. Um, 
And I, I'm not this, – this Cam Newton move, I mean, it doesn't really imp, imp, strike any fear in me. I think this Dolphins defense is pretty good. Uh, they're at home for whatever that's worth. I think Tua is getting a little bit more comfortable. I don't know. Not a game I'm going to bet, but I'll be picking the Dolphins in this game. Yeah, not a game I'm going to bet, but I think I like the Panthers. Uh, I don't know. Um, I just think they're a little bit better of a team, but then again, it's not really a comfortable uh, – not a comfortable position to be in, but – I made it. Uh, I made it Carolina two and a half, and it's Carolina two. So, you know, um, I, I lean. I lean Panthers. Not a lot to say. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see. You know, when the wheels on the Cam Newton train fall off, when that happens, because I think I feel like that's kind of bound this, to happen, huh? Eh, maybe. He's I think a, he is what a, he is. He's a fool. He's I mean, a the fool. the wheels fell off like when he left Carolina. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. No, he's just not, I'm just saying. Clearly, he, he's 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 still such a limited passer, and it's just on him and his legs and checking the ball down to McCaffrey. He's Odell as a quarterback. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's a good. One. That's a good comparison. Um, all right, let's talk about this game because it's a lot more exciting. Titans and Patriots. Are you surprised the Patriots are getting six and a half? Yes. No. It's a lot. Yes. Yes, I am. I'm not surprised. This is Vegas saying, hey, Lee, you were right the whole time. Tommy, you were right. Lee, you were right. The Titans are a fraud team. That's but what are saying. we sure that the are Patriots are seven points better than the Titans at home? Off a long week. I don't – The Titans are banged up. I think I think the Patriots Tannehill are, is not playing very well, so. Tannehill's not playing well. A.J. Brown is questionable for this game. I, I, don't, I have no idea how the Titans are going to be able to matriculate the ball down the field and score points in this game. Granted, I mean, the Patriots might have trouble doing that. The Titans' defense has been decent. I wouldn't lay it with the Patriots. I'd probably make this line maybe four and a half. Um, but at the same time, I'm not taking points with the Titans. I think the Titans – I've been a Titans hater all year, and it's been – I've been eating crow all year. And I finally had a taste of, of cake yep. last week with my, with my Texans pick. And – I'm going to continue to, you know, I'm not, again, I'm not playing this game, but I, I lean Patriots here. I think the Titans are not nearly as good as their record says they are, and um, they're lucky the rest of their season after this game. I think they have, like, the second or third easiest schedule, um, according to some power ranks. So they, they should be able to coast to that division title. But had the Colts not shot themselves in the foot so many times early in the year, this would be their division to lose. Um so, yeah, I, I lean Patriots here. But, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a surprising line. Yeah, I mean, but Vegas, Vegas I think knows. Patriots are going to win, but I just think that's a lot of points, um, especially in, as someone who's eaten a lot of crow on the Titans, Lee. I mean, this is a this is a Vrabel underdog spot that I kind of, you know, I don't I don't want to be on the other side of. He's going back to New England. The Titans are 2-0 and in the Vrabel era against Yeah, this is Bill a Belichick. game that they're going to get up for, uh, I think. And ultimately – I mean, I'm kind of talking myself into playing the Titans. I'm not going to lie. It's just a, that's just a lot of points, man. That's a lot of points for – this total is 44, man. It's a lot of points. New England's offense is not uh, especially going to strike fear into me. I know Mac Jones is the check down king and is very efficient and makes good choices with the ball, but I don't know, man. That's I, Lee, I, I was right with you. I made this game four and a half, so we're, pretty, we're almost at a three-point differential there, and that's – that's meaningful. So I'm, I'm not going to add it now, but definitely something that I'm going to continue to monitor. Um, the only thing that's you know blocking me from making this bet is just kind of like my, my hatred for the Titans. 
Yeah, it's, it's going to be a really, really fun game. Uh, is this the first time the Titans are back in New England since the playoff game? Yeah, it's got to be. I believe so. Dude, it, I just, yeah, if A.J. Brown doesn't play in this game, I don't think the Titans are going to score more than 14 points. That's big. What's up? Is Julio just on ice? Yeah, he was on. he's on IR right now. He's like at least out for another two weeks, I think. He's also not no, good no, anymore. So, Giants and Eagles. Give me the Eagles. Give me the Giants, baby. <laughs> you and I are on like the opposite side of everything. Give Give me the Giants Crazy. here. Give me four points and give me money line. The Giants are going to win this game. The Eagles oh have been God. coasting for too long. Uh, Freddie Kitchens calling plays. Love that. The Giants are back at home. Saquon's back. We saw him get a little bit of work against that Tampa Bay, that staunch Tampa Bay run defense. Couldn't do much. I still think that he's working himself back into the flow of things. I think Sterling Shepard's going to be back for this game. Um, I think the Giants' offense is going to have a little bit of a new flair after getting embarrassed in primetime television. Whereas everyone, the Eagles, is everyone's baby now. Oh, look at their remaining schedule. Oh, look at Jalen Hurts and they beat the Saints. And they, you know what? Give me the Giants. Give me the four points. Give me the money line. This division ain't as easy as people think it is. And I think the Eagles may have a little bit more trouble. I'm not saying they're bad. I've been wrong about the Eagles enough this year. But I think they may have a little bit more trouble just coasting through the rest of their schedule than some people may assume here. Um, and I think the Giants are, are well aware of that. All of a sudden, if the Giants win this game, they're a half game back of the Eagles. So um, I'm going to take the Giants here at home. Yeah, I like a lot of like the ethos of what you're saying, Lee. But I just can't put my. I, I, if Freddie Kitchens is 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 a plus, is an upgrade over Jason Garrett, which he should be, and we're starting to see Saquon used more efficiently, and and uh, Joe Catoni being used more efficiently, and and maybe some balls up to Galladay and Shepard coming back. Um, I want to say too, man. Tony needs to go. Forward, man. Don't like that dude. Don't, don't that dude is. Don't tell an artist how to make his art. No, he's you're giving him too much credit, bro. He's like not been that impressive, honestly. He's like going he hasn't sideways. Been impressive because like, he's had Jason Garrett as his offensive coordinator. Go upfield. Don't blame no, it all I on am. Jason Garrett. The guy's injured every other week. He's going. He's he's going getting sideways. ejected. He's getting ejected. Yeah, he's standing up for his teammates. He's this, for his everyone's teammates. talking about <laughs> Kadarius Tony like he's some like second coming. Like we need to figure some stuff out with this guy before we start anointing him. To I'll be, just like, say. The best I'll just say that my comp of Lamar Jackson and Cole Beasley looks pretty good. That's all I'll say. I'll say that comp looks pretty good right about now. That's all I'll say. Lamar Jackson and Cole Beasley get first downs. They run upfield. I mean, Kadarius Tony's a special talent. That's, well, we could just leave it at that. Uh, I, I like where you're coming from, Lee. I just, you know, I don't want to get in front of this this Eagles train right now. I think you're right in theory. And if, and if they get a better offensive performance with a new play caller and a, and a fresh – a fresh mind and some, you know, a, a fresh mindset that this is then then the Giants should this four points is too much. I mean, I made it three and a half. So. This is this is week ten Raiders vibes. This is week ten Raiders vibes. Give me the Giants. Yeah, I'm gonna stay away, but probably I don't even know, man. I guess I'll I guess I'll take the Eagles. Lee made me my money with the Giants one time. I don't think I'm going back to that uh that well. Lee's back Let's in the Giants Steelers well. Roche, baby. Back. I'm, I'm in the hub yeah. right now. I'm yeah. in the hive. <laughs> um, Chargers going to play the Broncos at mile high. Chargers beat up on the Steelers. I think the Broncos had a bye last week. They did. Am I wrong? They had a bye. Oh, yeah. And the week before, they got crushed by the Eagles at home. Um, 
Just not, uh, I mean, the Chargers shouldn't have let the Steelers back in the game like they did on Sunday night. I still don't totally believe in them. I don't think the Broncos have enough on offense to really take advantage of, uh, of the Chargers' deficiencies at the moment. I'm pretty sure the Broncos signed both Corlin Sutton and Tim Patrick to like long-term deals, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. Um, give me the give me the Chargers minus two and a half, I guess. I'll take the Broncos here. I'm not like overly confident in it, but I just do. I, I don't know. The Chargers have been like really unimpressive to me ever since I was awakened when I made that bet. <laughs> Because I thought they were really good. We got away with it. We got away with it. And then we just won a coin flip, a total coin flip game. Yeah. And then since then, what happened? The Chargers, they, I think they've like, well, they beat the Steelers, obviously. Um, They lost in between that, I think, right? I think, yeah, I think they lost a game too, though. But anyway, um, I don't know. Broncos off a bye uh, at mile high. I'm not in love with it, but getting three points. I think it's a great T spot if you can get it up to like eight and a half. Um, I think lost the to the Vikings. Will, they lost to the Vikings. The Chargers have played some close games. I think the Broncos will play this one close at the very least. Um, and this Chargers defense is bad, dude. Like, like really bad. bad. Yeah. I think Javante Williams and and or Melvin Gordon are going to be able to kind of have their way with this defense. Um, and I think the Broncos are, you know. Looking at this game, like, hey, we're five and five. They're six and four. We're coming off a really bad loss against the Eagles and a bye. And if we can come save face at home, all of a sudden uh, we're 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 tied with the Chargers for second in the division, and the Raiders are sliding here. So, I think the Broncos are, are very well aware of what the situation is, and um, I'll take the three points with the Broncos. Yeah, I don't really know what to think. Uh, I made this Chargers minus three, so. Um... A slight lean of the Chargers here. Uh, I just think that the, they're got more upside, better coach, um, better offense, and if it turns into a shootout, uh, I like the Chargers. But then again, I mean, you kind of the Broncos want to run the ball and kind of keep the ball away from Herbert and, and you know play some keep away and then play good defense. They they very well could uh, could win this game, but ultimately I'm gonna I'm gonna side with the Chargers just because uh, I think they're the better team and uh, you know. Broncos kind of, I think, showed their colors a little bit in that Eagles game. You know, I'm just not uh, – they just – I just don't think they're in that kind of upper echelon. But they are coming off a bye at home. Uh, Mile high is always a tough place to play. So not a lot of interest in this game. But if I had to gun to head, I'd, I'd take the Chargers. Um, I was also just looking at this, Lee. I was looking at the Colts schedule. They got a bye left too. They only have six games left in the regular season. Yep. Big – Big fantasy implications for the for our, for our league. Seeing where that's right, put, that's right. Gonna, I should I should have known uh, that. Do our, uh, that's, that was stupid. I, I think the Eagles have that. a buy too as well. I think the Eagles are on that buy yep. with them as well. So, um, should... all right, let's move on to this uh, Rams Packers game. This is the Joe Buck Troy Aikman special right here. Stafford returning to familiar territory in Green Bay. Coming off of uh, two, I mean, the Rams two two games before the bye, just uh, really uh, laid a laid an egg on offense. Stafford was a little gimpy to me. Um, I like the uh, I like the Rams. I love the Rams here. I absolutely love the Rams. Rogers' foot is banged up. They're looking forward to that yeah. bye next week. Elton Jenkins just tore his ACL. He's out for the year. 
Um, the Rams are coming off two losses, like you said, Clep, and a bye week. I think this is a flag-planting game. They know that this is a tiebreaker game for home field advantage in the NFC. They know that this is at Lambeau in November. Um, it's Matt Stafford. Uh, I don't know, man. This this is all kind. Of, this is another kind of, I guess, a little bit emotional bet just because of how much faith I've had in the Rams all year. This is a game they need to win if they want to compete for that one seed in the NFC. And I really do think that they're laser focused on all that. I think that they're going to go into Lambeau, play really good, play a really good tough game, and get a get a win and kind of galvanize around that after coming off the two losses. This is uh, arguably my favorite play of the week. I like that. A lot of people like Green Bay too, at least from the podcast I've been listening to, and I like that a lot. I think people are sleeping on the Rams a little bit in this spot just because they've been so unimpressive. But the fact that they're coming off the bye week, the Packers just played a really tough game against the Vikings. Rodgers is complaining about his toe, and they got a bye, the Packers are staring a bye week right in the face. I just like all those things lining up for, for the Rams to win this one. With um, uh, Let me ask you, know, the, the Murray bros here, you're a little bit more seasoned betters. Uh, than than I am. When you see a minus one there, what are you what are you doing with it? Are you taking the the point? Are you buying maybe to, to two and a half? Are you just maybe oh, I'll take the money line? Are you talking about Fox Bet? Yeah, I I shop I shop around. I got the okay. Rams plus one, um, minus one ten, and my options at the time were either I could take the money line minus one hundred five or plus one minus one ten. I just took the point of insurance for five dollars basically. Um, because, you know, if this thing ends in a Packers one-point win, I, I push or, you know, God forbid, I don't think it will. But if it ends in a tie, I would win. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think you I think you got to take the uh, – I think – If it's minus – I, th- I think if it's minus one, the just math, take the money the line. the math will tell you to uh, take the money line. But yeah. Lee's not necessarily wrong for wanting insurance. But the, the, the amount of times that a game will land under three – is like significantly less than the times that it will land on three. So if you can get it under three, you might as well just take the money line because of field goals and everything. Um, yeah, I uh, I don't know what to think about this game. I mean, I initially wanted to take the Packers, but the whole Rodgers health thing uh, was scaring me. And then last night I was gearing up for my, my Cowboys-Rams teaser. Um, but I didn't do it, and the, Ram, and the the numbers flip now. It went. The Rams were plus one for me last night, and now they're minus one. So they crossed zero, and this this game has done a swip swap. And I think the Rams have all the the rest advantage, and uh, you know have been kind of playing a little poorly. Whereas the Packers, you know, are coming off a loss. I don't know. I I think Lee, you make some great points about the Rams, but then again, the Packers, I think, are one of the few teams where home field does matter, and at Lambeau. Uh, they do have a significant advantage, or not significant, but they do have a, a slight advantage. Uh, so I think I'm just probably going to end up teasing the Packers here. I'm going to tease whoever the dog is because I think this is ultimately a close game, uh, and it's a rematch of the divisional playoff game last uh, last year where I was on the Packers and they came through for me. Um, and and you know, it's I think it's worth mentioning. You know, with I, I guess is Stafford fully healthy right now? He probably is dealing with some stuff as well. Maybe not as as painful or, or as obvious as Rogers, but I mean, hopefully the buy was yeah, you know, d- totally helpful. Totally, but you know, again, you're these are just two these are two really good teams in the NFC. I can't wait for this game. I think it's going to be close. So my strategy is pretty much going to be teasing the dog, and I'm going to buy six and a half points with probably the Packers and get them up to seven and a half. 
Uh, and I think that's the way that I'm going to attack this game, and, and I'm just going to watch. But, uh, yeah, be looking to make a live bet here maybe. If the Rams go down or if you know Packers score first or Rams score first, maybe just take in whoever the, the dog is with some points because I think both of these teams are going to – it's going to be a pretty competitive game. And there's also a big onus for the Packers. You can make the same – you can make an argument that – they really want to win this game, obviously, for all the seeding implications and the implications for the playoffs of the NFC. But also, it's like, hey, let's go all out for this game, and we got the bye coming up. You know, just it. You know, you can play both sides of that coin. Like, yeah, they're really tired, and they got this bye coming up, so they're not going to show up for this game. Or, you know, you can take the contrary, and and they are going to show up for this game because they know that the bye coming up, and this game means so much. You know, to the future of of the NFC. So. Um, I was just more so saying, you, you know you're, that Rodgers is going to have time to heal on the bye. You're going to get Bakhtiari you're not, you're back not wrong. after the bye. You're not bye. wrong at all. I, you know. You're not wrong at all. I think, uh, you know, Lee, I mean, you're, the market has gone with you. So I think you've got to take a small victory here with, uh, with your Rams plus one ticket. Well, and you know, the Rams, man, they're an emotional team. They lost that game last year with Goff and Lambeau. And now they got Stafford, who's played a, his fair share of games in Lambeau and played pretty well in Lambeau with some bad Lions teams. Um, and I just think that this is kind of why you brought him in. This game epitomizes why you brought Matt Stafford in to yeah. be the quarterback of the Rams, is to go into Lambeau in, whether it be November or December or January, to be able to go into Lambeau and win this game. And I think that this is going to be a kind of flag-planting game that the Rams can look back on and say, hey, this, this isn't going to define our season a little bit here. Our Super Bowl run is gonna is gonna start here, um, off the bye week. So that's that's just where I'm at with it. Um, I do have a, a haircut at noon, so if we could, if you don't mind. Got you. We're almost, yeah, we're almost we'll, there. Roll through these games a little a little quicker. We, you know, Speed no, round these last three. Yeah, Vikings kind of a season saving win uh, last week against the Packers. Um, Kirk Cousins, man, eh, he's he's been playing well. Uh, it seems like whenever the Vikings have needed like a go-ahead field goal, he's gotten them in position to 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 kick to kick it. Uh, even going back to the Bengals game in in Week One, um, Niners too coming off a, a win. Uh, it's a this is an interesting game. I mean this this game probably has a lot of uh, wild card implications. Yep. As it stands, this is six and seven. Yeah. Um, When's that playoff machine going live? That's what I want to know. That's probably after this week's playoff machine goes up. I, think um, I like the Vikings here, guys. I don't know about you. I guess I'll be the first one to jump in here. Um, I think this is way too many points for the Vikings. I think this is an awesome tease point, point for the Vikings um, and Vikings money line. I think the Vikings, I mean, you want to talk about Dan Campbell like we did at the beginning. The Vikings, there's an alternate reality where they're the number one seed in the NFC. I mean, they, they probably should have beat the Cardinals. The only team they probably should have lost to is the Lions. They very well could have beaten the Cardinals. They very well could have beaten the Bengals. Um, I feel like I'm missing another one in there. But Ravens. Ravens. Yeah, I mean, this Vikings team has been... Lost to the Browns by a touchdown. Yeah. Lost to Cooper Rush. Yep. You know. Yeah, that's true. And that, that, that Browns game was where they scored on the first drive and just never scored yep, again. Yeah, the Browns. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. I forgot about that. I was on the Browns. I like the Niners, man. I like the Niners. Right when you know why? Because there's a formula with the Vikings. Right when you think they're doing it, they're gonna <laughs> screw you. I love the tease idea. I think this is a close game. I'll tease the Vikings up to nine. Sure. I think the 49ers win this game. Um, God, the 49ers, man, are good. They're a good football team. They are. They're well coached. I sound like Tommy, man. They're well coached. 
they're a well-oiled machine. They run the ball well, and Jimmy Garoppolo, as much as cover your ears, Tommy, is playing like pretty well. Like they're. Like, I I don't think he played particularly well in that Jacksonville game, but I'll I'll let you continue. Oh, I know. I'm sure you can give us Miss the whole Jeff Wilson, diatribe that Jeff of what Wilson he did in the Jacksonville game, where they go on a 20 minute drive to start the game, and somehow Jimmy Garoppolo is doing something wrong, I guess. But I think he's doing fine. I think his job is nowhere near in jeopardy. I think that the San Francisco 49ers team is going to make the playoffs if they keep playing the way that they're playing. And I think that they have the better coach in this spot. And I don't think that they're going to be overwhelmed by the Kirk Cousins factor on the other side of the ball. I think that this could be a high-flying game, but I think the 49ers are going to be able to handle it. Um, I do think it'll be close in the fourth quarter, but I think the Vikings are due for a close fourth quarter loss as we've kind of seen the, uh, you know, the, 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 the whatever, the thing swing. Situation. I don't know Pendulum. what the word is. The pendulum. We've seen the pendulum kind of swing with, with the Vikings this year. So I think uh, you're kind of just throwing darts to figure out if they're going to come out on top or not. And I think they're going to they're going to lose. Find a way to lose this weekend. Yeah, trying to like betting the Vikings is like day trading, man. Yeah, you're just like you're like hoping like either Kirk plays well or drops a bomb. It's almost like you should like maybe consider a live bet here. You know, oh, yeah, if you're on the Vikings, see how Kirk Kirk manages. Early on, uh, Browns-Ravens, big AFC North matchup. Browns held on to, to beat the Lions last week, played terribly. Baker looks horrible. Um, he looks really bad. Um, and then the Ravens, obviously, big team win in Chicago. Blew it late, but then uh, you know Tyler Huntley brought him back. Score at the last minute to, uh, to win that game in Chicago. Uh, I would assume Lamar is, is going to play in this game. Um... I mean, Baker looks bad. He also looks beat up, um, which partially is his fault for trying to, like, be a linebacker when he threw that pick against uh, the Bengals, I think it was. Um, What's the downside of starting Keenum? It, it's like, all, just, it like, only upsetting Baker. Yeah, morale. I think it's only, uh, you know, the mental. The mental uh, Apparently, like, Baker, after the game, I mean, the crowd was booing him like crazy. Uh, reportedly, he just, like, ran off the field after the game ended. Like just he's a baby yeah, dude. He's and then a baby. he didn't talk and then he didn't talk to the media. So he's a prima donna baby, dude. And when things aren't going when things are going great, he's all smiles, but when they're not going great, he runs a locker room. And you know what? I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Yeah. Granted, I'll give him a little bit of credit. The poor guy had nobody to throw to. I mean, when 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 Landry's out and I think Landry got hurt halfway through that game, um, he re aggravated an injury he had, and then Peoples Jones mm-hmm. didn't play and you know, he's throwing to friggin' Rashard Higgins and Austin Hooper. I, I don't really know. Um, so, yeah, hopefully he gets DPJ back for this game. Um, Tommy, I'm interested to hear what you think about this game. Yeah, I, I think this is a great spot for the Ravens, man. Look at me just selling the Niners and the Browns like a you're, complete shill. Yeah, you're... Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I made this, I made this uh, Ravens five and a half, man. And the, it, opened, it opened at four, and now it's traveling to three and a half. I just got a score update that Lamar said he's 120% certain that he's going to play. Um, again, this is a classic like Browns last year spot where Stefanski is going to coach these guys up and they're going to play really hard against a really beatable Ravens secondary. But, I mean, I don't know. Maybe like Klepp watched – I didn't watch a lick of that Browns game last week. I was just kind of depressed and I didn't – I ended up not laying – after it went to 13, I ended up not laying the uh, – you know, I didn't lay the 11, and I and it went to 13, and I just didn't lay it with the Browns. And that was a play that I, you know, was really eyeing and, and wanted to make. 
and it seemed like it was going good, you know, in the first half when they were up, what, like 7 nothing or whatever it was. Um, yeah, I just – I still think the Browns' defense is pretty good and, you know. Baker Baker was just, like, inaccurate. Yeah. And he was just, like, straight-up inaccurate, and that's supposed to be the thing he's, like, good at. Yeah. And if Baker isn't throwing the ball accurately and doesn't, like, have good timing with his receivers, he can't do anything, you know, with his legs – and so it becomes the Nick Chubb show, yep. um, which which worked well against Detroit for what it needed to do. Um, I mean, obviously they scored 13 points against the Lions. The one, you know, the the first touchdown they scored too. There was some really bad uh, ref calls. Uh, like they, the Browns got like three first downs from from referee penalties on third mm-hmm. and fourth down plays, and so I, I mean I thought that you know there was, that played into kind of my how I was upset about that game too, but um, and then, I mean, but I mean, I'm not trying to be a ref thing. The, the Lions got lucky with the refs in, in Pittsburgh, but it just was reality that I didn't even think the Browns. I mean, one of their Browns touchdown drives to me was was fraudulent. So they just played horribly uh, against Detroit again. Like Lee was saying, I mean, they had Jarvis for the first half that that picked it Baker through that went like two feet. I mean, over. Landry's head and just straight to Manny Oruari. It was a horrible throw. Yeah. Jarvis is wide open. And and so and and I don't have any like data to back this up, but like dare I say that the way to attack this Ravens defense is through the air, right? I mean, like you know, you're going to need Baker to be accurate. You're going to need them to get competent quarterback play, and for, in order to like stay up with the Ravens and, and eventually like take. I think this is a beatable Ravens team, but. I think that the, the the I think that this I don't know Tommy sorry I didn't want to interrupt no, you I just wanted to say that there's a formula where it's not necessarily through the air I think that if you possess the football against the Ravens and you can convert on third down and keep Lamar off the field and kind of keep don't turn it and do a shootout um, I think that's kind of how you beat the Ravens is like just just run the ball with Chubb run it I'm sure Hunt will probably be back for this game I'm assuming DPJ will be back for this game so you're going to be healthy just like man. Have that first have that first drive charted out. Control the ball. Convert on third down. Don't make Baker do anything that you know he's not necessarily comfortable doing. Um, and you know, pick your pick your spots to take shots. And um, you know, le- these teams are not that different in terms of talent. Like I think that they're they kind of like this is a good matchup. I agree. Just don't turn it into the Lamar show. Don't turn it into Baker versus Lamar. You don't want that. Um, you want to keep Lamar off the field. You want to let your running backs do the work. Well, think work. about that. Think so, about yeah. that game from you know week fifteen or sixteen, whatever it was last year. The the eighty point game where I was I took like four live unders in it and lost yeah. all of them. I, <laughs> I don't think I don't Mister No yeah, Totals Mr. No Totals. I don't think you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it just you know brings a tear to my eye because I was I had so much hope for this Browns team this year and uh, they really have they really have uh, fallen short of expectations, but. I mean, kind of like the Titans in New England. Like, this is a spot where, like, the Browns is underdogs in a divisional game. Um, uh, but then again, Baker's been bad. Like, you're not getting crotch grabbing uh, OU Kansas Baker. You're getting, you're getting, you're getting a, you know, just completely dead Baker. So I don't know. I, I probably won't play this game, but I mean, I think the Ravens are the side. Lamar got a week off. He feels good. Like, uh, I don't know, man. They're just, I, I think they're just a better team than the Browns right now. And this also is essentially my future. My Browns' future is essentially this game, I feel like. Yep. It really would have been nice for you if the Ravens oh, lost. Oh, God, I know. To the Browns. I know. Or the Bears. 
Um, Seattle and Washington, a little bit of a dud of a Monday nighter. Washington on the outside looking in on that playoff picture, but two wins against the Bucks and the Panthers have, have brought them back to life somewhat. Um, I think they, you know, Washington should beat this Seattle team that's floundering. Um, they can't find anything on offense with Russ back. Maybe it's a bounce back spot, you know, for for Seattle and, and Russ. It'd be hard to see them being so bad on offense for three weeks in a row. But something stinks in Seattle, man. It just it looks bad. Um, I think we all kind of saw it coming before the season too. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm reeling off these last two weeks of believing that Seattle was going to have some fight. Um, and it's all offensive. It's all the offense. Um, it's kind of puzzling. I, against all of my, uh, intuition, I'm, I'm going to go with the Seahawks here. I think that they figure it out. I think Washington's a little too hot for their own good. Uh, I don't think they're as good as they've shown the past couple weeks. I know I had them last week against the Panthers, and I think they outplayed the Panthers, but that game was not – it was a close game. The Panthers mm-hmm. really had a – they had several opportunities to win that game. I and that kind of goes be, into your, your dislike for the Panthers too. Like, Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, and, and I get it's going to be primetime in Washington, and Heineke's been playing well. I just think that if Seattle wants – Seattle's the type of team with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll where they like still think they're in the playoff picture right now because why would they not? They're not going to give up on anything. I think that they're a better team than Washington still, and I think there's no way that we go three weeks in a row where this team is averaging like seven points a game. I think that they're going to find their groove a little bit here. I think we're going to see Russ air it out a little bit. I don't. I wonder what the Seahawks team total is maybe now that I'm talking about it. I think that they score close to 30 points in this game. Hmm. I, I, I think that they get up 24-27 maybe in this game, and they really open it up. I think that might be the angle to attack this game. But ultimately, I like the Seahawks here, man. I think that this is a good opportunity to buy low on them. Um, even though it's on the road, it's a long road trip from Seattle to Washington. I get all that. Um, I just think that they're going to be Looks like it's 22 and a half. A bit. Over 22 and a half. Over, yeah. over 30 and a half is plus 320, Lee, if it tickles your fancy. I don't know if I want to go yeah. that high. Maybe over, over 24 and a half I mean, or over. Yeah. I like this spot too. And, you know. Um, it's really been puzzling with Russ because, I mean, he's still ha- like some of his deep balls are still great. Like he made a he made a great pass to lock it. He, DK dropped that one. That I mean, it was a tough catch, but like his deep balls are there. But the reason I'm hesitant to back Seattle here um, is because yeah, I think Lee and I have been kind of on the same track of like waiting for this this offense to wake up and Russ to wake up, but. The football team have a major advantage in the trenches, I think, and Russ takes sacks, and this D-line going up against Seattle's offensive line. I mean, we saw Arizona was able, in the past two games that Russ has played, like, he's been getting sacked, he's been under a lot of pressure, and, you know, that has kind of led to, that's been one of the major breakdowns into their offense and why they haven't had the same success. And and obviously, Russ, I don't think, is fully healthy yet either, so, I'm, you know, maybe this little extra rest is going to be good for his finger, but... I don't know, man. I mean, on my book, it's now out to Seattle plus one after opening at Seattle minus two and a half. So there's obviously a lot of money coming in on Washington. This might be, you know, probably a good tee spot for Seattle. But, yeah, I don't know. I made this game Seattle minus one. So I'm probably right on here. I, I have a slight lean to Seattle. I kind of agree with you, Lee, that they're, Washington's getting a little hyped up. But, yeah, I don't know. And also, I mean, is Russ going to get shut down if they lose this game? You know, like, no, no, I mean, you wouldn't do that. No, 
He might. If, he might if, 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 if behind the scenes it's as bad as it could be, and this is indeed his last year, I mean, the writing seems to be on the wall that Russ is going to be traded this offseason, um, then maybe he sets himself down. Um, I don't think he would do that. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. He, like, hasn't missed a game. It was, like, it's this whole thing. Like, he never missed a game since high school. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, he's going to play. He's a, he's a weirdo. Um, late, late breaking news, uh, Akeem Hicks and Allen Robinson not likely to play against the Lions. Yeah, and Max out for the year, obviously. So, go Lions, baby. It's going to be a win. It's going to be a win on Thursday. Anything else, boys? I'll chop. I can give out my college card, college card real quick if you guys Go want to hear it. it. All right, I've got, I, I've been heating up a little bit. I want our listeners to know that I'm I'm ready for bowl season. Um, Mississippi State minus one in the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving. Uh, Boise State minus two and a half on Friday. Uh, Colorado plus twenty four against Utah on Friday. North Carolina plus two twenty on the money line at NC State. Uh, Oregon State plus seven. Uh, at Oregon. Uh, my favorite college play of the week is Penn State. I got it at plus one. They're favored by one now at Michigan State. Um, I think they win that game. Illinois minus six and a half against Northwestern. Don't love that play as much as I did uh, when I made it because I, this Marty kid for Northwestern is actually pretty good, but still, still on that. Louisville minus two and a half against Kentucky and UCLA minus six and a half hosting the Cal Bears. Um, What's your big that, parlay this week? My big parlay, the big kahuna, the biggest parlay I've ever made. Uh, Mississippi State minus one on Thursday. Penn State money line against Michigan State on Saturday. UCLA money line against Cal on Saturday night. That that finishes the Saturday portion of it. And then it's Steelers plus four, Rams money line, and Seahawks money line. Ooh. That is... I will be hedging this as Mr. No Hedge. If, if, I'm, if I'm five for five going into Monday night, I will be hedging the Seahawks play. But it is a one-unit parlay for 40 units. So it's <laughs> – let's just say it, it, would, it would be pretty big if, uh, if, if that could go through for me. But uh, I actually almost won – the Rutgers, the Rutgers not covering 17 against Penn State last week was the difference between me um, making and not making 1.5K on a parlay. Whew. So Rutgers giveth and Rutgers taketh away is, is my <laughs> lesson from last week. Their offense could not uh. score a point to save their lives. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was kind of brutal. But it's been an awesome college season. I'm really looking forward. Hopefully I can win this 40-unit parlay so I can spend it all on bowl season and uh, – Maybe we can buy ourselves a studio if uh, if all things yeah. go according to plan. Get like a get a, a studio in like El Centro, halfway between uh, L.A. Ipsilanti, Michigan, man. Ipsilanti, that's where I'm coming. The 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 property is cheap and the future is bright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe in maybe a Palm Springs, Palm Springs studio. Too many old people. It's too man. hot, no. man. I want to buy an old brewery in Ypsilanti and turn it into our studio, man. That'd be What's sick. Frog Island Brewery, man. If you are, listeners, if you're ever in Ypsilanti, Michigan, take a, take a spin past Fro- what used to be Frog Island Brewery. It's a beautiful, beautiful building. No love for Alaska land? I'm not into the Alaska idea. It's too off the map, man. It's too off the map. I think you can get land... 
in the continental United States that will appreciate in value similarly. I guess yeah. that's where, where I I'm think at. I think that would be a good idea too. Get some land in Montana. Get some land in Absolutely. North Dakota. Um, North Dakota, Montana, uh, Idaho, yeah. Wyoming, maybe northern Michigan even. If you yeah. want to, if you want to really get off the map, the Le Chanteau Islands. Uh, there, there's a lot. There's a lot out there to be explored here, and uh, I don't know. The whole climate crisis thing is something that Clef and I have not necessarily seen eye to eye on for a while. So maybe we can leave that for our four and a half hour. Uh, Sounds like a good uh, Thanksgiving night chat. Yeah. Or, or, or Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, with, that, with that, Connor that would Ryan be good. In the Iron Gate living room. That would be good. The with, judge with, a, with a couple with a couple Brooklyn pizzas, maybe uh, you know, maybe an IPA, maybe uh, maybe who, a little who do bullet, we got? Maybe a little bullet and lemon. Who do we got for BFL on Friday, man? That's what I want to know. I think everyone, man. Yeah, I don't know. I'm wearing ask my the, cleats to the airport. Ask the group chat, man. Bring your cleats to the airport, Adam. I'm wearing them. You're baby. wearing them. I'm wearing my cleats in the airport. Yep. Why? Why? Is that legal? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that might be illegal. You don't want to just wear shoes and bring the cleats. No, bro. In the I'm bag. wearing my cleats, bro. I'm flying in. I'm flying in Friday morning. Are you flying in Friday morning? Oh, shoes? you're. Yeah. Oh, you're hopping. You're hopping out the out I'm the van. A, I'm on a Thanksgiving to... night red eye. Wait, yeah. what, what time do you get in on Friday, Adam? Four a.m. Yeah, baby. Five a.m. I'm gonna be. You should a, just. I'm you should just go a, straight to Sea Home. I'm gonna be in a suit and cleats, man. You should just go straight to Sea Home and start warming up. On Friday morning. I need to. I need to do like a nice thirty minute warm up. Don't blow a tire. Looks like we could have a throwback, like seven on seven, six on six game. Yeah. Should be should blue be a lot blue. of fun. Could be a blue to blue scenario. Could be a blue to blue to blue scenario. Is very right. Those always make for good games. I think we go fifty. One game to fifty. Yeah, that usually be is the that's the ticket nowadays. The if series, you, the series is no good for old Clep. Yeah, well, there's hey, there's a couple more in there too that, that aren't exactly yeah, built for the series anymore. The issue is with the series is you, you get two good games, and then the third, the penultimate game that's supposed to be the big uh, yeah the big winner is uh, tough to get through. No, that's that's very true. Um, anyway, that should be that should be a lot of fun. All right, boys, I got to run the supercuts. Yes, you're sir. picking me up in 12 hours, buddy. Yes, indeed. I'm, I'm going to be picking you up in the Lincoln. Yep. T-Bone, safe travels. You What, what airline? Likewise. Uh, nice little $500 Spirit Airline. Not a big deal. Oh. Oh, <laughs> paying fi- paying 500 song. bucks for a Spirit ticket, you know. Did you, Tommy, did you check the Greyhound prices from L.A. to Detroit? <laughs> I don't even want to. I... I... <laughs> You probably could have saved yourself 70 or 80 bucks round trip, man. I don't know. (laughs) You'd have to hop on the train like yesterday, but you're good. Yeah, I know. Is that a round trip, Tommy, or are you staying over Thanksgiving? No, it's round trip. I'm coming back. uh, I'm coming back next Tuesday. I'm coming back a week from yesterday. Mine was 360, but I'm on Delta and I'm flying on. Well, you also probably booked that ticket like a month ago. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I didn't. Tommy, when did you book the ticket, man, for, for Clips? <laughs> Yesterday. I tell him when you... Yesterday. Yeah. I Tommy mean, thought know, it would be like a like a ball game. Game time. Like the price would go game down. Game time. <laughs> the price would go... As the, as, if the plane's about to leave, if there's seats available... Yeah, there's no, there's no scalpers at LAX. Yeah. 
there's not there's not there's not people walking around like with with their airline tickets. That is true. Right? Yeah, trying to get bargain bargain basement prices. It's it's gonna be great to be back Boring. in the Midwest though, man. I've been missing some some uh, some some winter vibes. It's been a little brisk here, but uh, it's actually been nice the last couple days. But um, yeah, pumped to be back and see you guys. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a great we're gonna have a great time. Right. Snowless winters are depressing, man. At John Mouse, he sings about it. Yeah, no, there, there definitely is something to that, but I still like, I still like the weather out here, man. I'm that kind of guy, you know. Yeah, you are, you are. All right, Q stay scheming.